The Return of the Sun King Once upon a time, there was great sorrow among the fairy folk. Something had happened to the fairy queen, Titania. She had fallen asleep and would not wake up. The winter had come, terribly cold and full of ice and snow. In the fairy wood, no fires were burning. The seed babies were safely tucked in their beds deep under Mother Earth's coverlet of leaves and moss. The gnomes and dwarves were working deep underground. The water sprites waited under their ice roof, which covered the crystal lake and bubbling brook. Most of the fairy folk, those who tend to the flower children in meadows and forests, were left to wander through the winter seeking warmth and shelter. They sought these in the homes of mortals, hoping to rest beside the fires both in castle and in hovels. Wherever fairy stories were being told at night or wherever Christmas candles were burning, there they were allowed to rest a while. This winter the fairy queen and her troop had been wandering and wandering. The snow blew in great swirling clouds, and old King Winter laughed and crackled. Jack Frost had a jolly time pinching their noses and toes. Worst of all, and sad to say, there were not enough resting places for the fairy troop. Most of the stone castles were dark and deserted, and had been so a long time. The houses, great or small, where real fairy stories were still being told were few and far between, and the Christmas candles burned in but a few windows. One very dark night, after Yuletide, but long before spring was due, the fairy queen began to grow very sleepy, as mortals do when they began to freeze. Not being a mortal, she could not die, but she could not wake up either. All of the fairies tried to wake her up. They danced and fluttered around her and sang songs as loudly as they dared. At last, with the help of two white snow hairs, they managed to bring the queen back to the stone circle, which is their palace and dancing place. Without their queen, the fairies were entirely without direction and purpose. Many also fell asleep and the ones who stayed awake were mournful and very miserable. Lady Spring finally came back from her palace in the south. She chased old King Winter back to his ice palace in the frozen north. The ice melted and gentle rains fell. Seed babies began to awaken and the first flower children appeared. The fairies grew hopeful and hurried to bring Lady Spring to the bed of her sleeping sister. Lady Spring took Titania's hands and breathed the promise of spring over her. She sang her magic song of roses and butterflies of newborn lambs and nightingales. Titania's cheeks grew rosier and she seemed to breathe more fully than before. But alas, her eyes would not open, nor would she speak. 
Lady Spring grew sorrowful, and this brought a tremendous spring storm. She had to dry her eyes quickly, so as not to bring on a flood. She took leave of Titania's attendants, saying, "I must continue on to waken all of the seed babies. Guard your queen well and wait for summer." The fairies promised to do their best, but in truth, the seed babies and flower children were not taken care of as well as they should have been. Day by day, the fairies could see the accent of the Sun King on his fiery steed. He was still far away, just over the horizon. Little by little, he came closer, and the day began to grow longer than the night. Finally, it was Midsummer's Eve, and the Sun King reached the pinnacle of the sky. He was riding very high over the palace of the fairy queen. The fairies shouted and clamored, pranced and danced, trying to catch the sun king's attention. He was too high up to hear them, but he soon noticed that the fairy queen had not come to greet him on this, their meeting day. The sun king turned his steed towards the earth, and came as close as he could without harm. Of course, everything grew tremendously hot, and the flower children took refuge under the broad-leaved trees and bushes. Still, Titania did not wake up. Her hands and feet were still icy, although her hair shone golden in the brilliant light. Then the Sun King took off his mantle of fire, and climbed down from his sky horse. Without the fire mantle, he would not scorch anything or anyone. Still, he was almost too bright to look at. He came to the fairy queen's couch, and he bent down and kissed her. He took her hands in his and felt them grow warmer and warmer. She opened her eyes and drew a long breath. She arose with all of her sleeping companions. What rejoicing there was! Such a shouting and singing! Each fairy nurse ran to find her poor, neglected flower child. Titania thanked the Sun King for bringing her back to life. She told him how dark and cold the winter had been. She wondered what to do next time King Winter's might was stronger than human love and light. Do not fear," said the Sun King, "for the darkest winter has passed, and Winter's power will some day be totally overcome. Human beings will remember to light their fires again. The Christmas candles will burn brightly in many homes and around the hearths." Real fairy stories will be told again. I myself will proclaim this from the skies, for the light of the world has come to birth in human hearts, and this can never again be extinguished. Then the Sun King mounted his winged charger, put on his fire mantle, and rode back to the summit of the sky. The fairy folk waved him on his journey with love and gratitude. 
That midsummer night, they held the most joyful festive there ever was in all of Fairyland. And if the lights have not gone out, they are still dancing. The Return of the Sun King. Weekly Divination Reflections by Nishante Divine Love, 620-21 to 626-21. The divination tool of this week is Seed. This week, the energy invites us to reflect on the seed, the soul of the seed. A seed is brought to life by its soul, and the soul of the seed here is Gaia, Mother Earth. Without the soul, Without Mother Earth, the physical form, which is the seed, has no value until the soul breathes and gives life to its physical form, the seed. You, the physical form, has no value until your soul gives you, the seed, the life that your soul has designed for you. You are the seed of your soul. In order for you to thrive, to grow, to know how to live, what is best for you, your purpose as the seed of your soul, one must connect with the soul, isn't it? If the seed starts to look at other seeds and wants to grow how other seeds are growing and not how its soul wants the seed to grow, what do you think will happen? The seed will struggle, the seed will grow painfully because it focused on other seeds than its own. Without, without your own soul's awareness, knowledge, breath, one cannot grow and know their true self. Every seed has its own purpose to serve and to know its purpose. That seed must look to his or her own soul within, not to anyone else or anything outside of its soul. If Gaia is the soul of a seed, then Gaia knows what that seed is capable of doing. What is best for that seed? Does the seed's best interest purpose is to become a tree, flower, blade of grass? What is the seed's purpose? Is what soul decides, not the physical form. So your soul already has decided and knows what the seed, you, is all about. From the birth of the seed, you, till your life's end, your soul has designed his or her seed's life already. No one outside of me can know that because they are not my soul, not my source of knowledge, information, not my path. Be the seed of your soul and watch the magic. Magic that which comes from within by being one with our true self, one with our spiritual world that belongs to our true self. Here's an affirmation. Um, I am one with the spiritual world of my true self. Thank you for listening, Nishanta Divine Love. I'll speak to you next week.